Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct, you guys. I hope you all are having a great week. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I am your host of Killer Instinct. Before we get started, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly here every single Wednesday and you are not going to want to miss it. You can also go follow us on our Instagram, which is just at Killer Instinct Podcast. Now, as you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, today we are talking about the unsolved Murdoch family case. And this is a really wild case that happened pretty recently, and you may have heard about it in the news. There's a lot of theories out there about what happened. And there are a lot of theories about what led us to this point and what led this family to this tragedy. So with that being said, let's jump right on into it today. Now, to understand this case and to really get into it, we need to understand who the Murdoch family was and is. The Murdoch family is a very, very prominent and well-known family who live in Colton County, South Carolina. Colton County has a population of about 40,000 people, and the Murdaughs are a family name that almost everyone in that county knows. The Murdoch family that we're going to be talking about today consists of husband and wife, Alex and Maggie Murdaugh, Maggie being 52 years old, as well as their two sons, Paul and Buster. Paul was 22 years old and Buster is 25 years old. Maggie and Alex met while Maggie was attending the University of South Carolina, and she is described as being a bubbly woman who definitely enjoyed the finer things in life, but she was always willing to help others. Friends said that Maggie would give the shirt off of her back to anyone who needed it. Now, the Murdoch family has a lot of power, and with power comes money. They definitely are an old money type of family. A resident of Colton County has said, quote, pretty much everyone in low country has heard of the Murdoch's. They're very powerful around here end quote. Now, how did the Murdaughs get to where they are today? You might be wondering. So let's get into that. The Murdaughs basically have their own legal empire. The Murdaugh family has prosecuted crime across five different counties for eight decades leading up until 2006. In the year 1910, Alex's great-grandfather, who was a man named Randolph Murdaugh Sr., he founded a law firm in Hampton, South Carolina, and 10 years after that, he became the local prosecutor. Randolph Sr.'s son, who is named Randolph Jr. and also went by the name Buster, he took over his father's position in the year 1940. And then Alex's father took on the role as the solicitor until the year 2005 which set the record for the longest consecutive term for a family holding that office in the country. The Murdoch family served 85 consecutive years as the solicitor in the 14th Circuit. In 1958, Randolph Jr. was a founding member of South Carolina's Trial Lawyers Association. Now, Alex currently works as a personal injury lawyer with his family's law firm called PMPED and also serves as a prosecutor for the 14th Judicial Circuit. Now, if you're sitting here wondering what a solicitor of the 14th Circuit does, as I was, 
was when I was doing my research. From my understanding of it, which you can correct me if I'm wrong, however, from my understanding, that essentially means that they are the lead prosecutor. Then, following all of their family's success in the year 2015, Alex Murdaugh was elected the president of the South Carolina Association of Justice. So with all of those ties in the justice system, you can imagine that this family does have quite a bit of power, and their name holds some weight where they're from. And when there's power, there is also varying opinions. There is a lot of people who think the Murdaws are the greatest people on the planet, and then there are a lot of people who think the Murdaws are these conniving, con artists, dangerous, so to speak, family. For example, a longtime friend of theirs describes them as, quote, the salt of the earth. They've helped so many people. They are a great family. They know the law. They appreciate the law for exactly what it is. They've obviously made some mistakes here and there, but the people themselves are great people who care about the community, end quote. And then you have a differing opinion from someone else. A local attorney has said, quote, you don't cross the Murdaws. Or if you do cross them, you don't let them find out it was you who crossed them because they'll come down on you hard and they'll come down with all they've got. They have a lot of influence and power and they'll use it against their enemies, end quote. Now, when it comes to the Murdaugh boys, Paul and Buster, the two of them lived very idyllic childhoods growing up. Their family grew up with money, so they were able to access the best education. They went to the private schools. They played sports growing up. They were born into the Murdaugh family, and it's important to recognize that this lifestyle was all that they knew. Paul and Buster only knew the lifestyle that consisted of yacht parties and private schools. That was their normal, and they didn't know any different. However, as important it is to recognize that fact, it's also equally as important to recognize the fact that even though they grew up with this wealth and this power and this with this family name, it shouldn't be able to buy you out of the consequences for your actions. And that is what a lot of people have believed has happened in this family. So what we're going to do with this case is we are going to talk about what happened on June 7th, 2021. So this year, and then we are going to talk about the events that happened leading up to this that got us to where we are today. And then we're going to kind of circle it all back together. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So on June 7th, 2021, the Murdaugh family was staying at their hunting lodge, which was located in Colton County. This is a 1,770 acre 
hunting lodge. So this is a very, very large property. And staying at the home at the time was Alex, Maggie, and Paul. Buster was staying about two and a half hours away where he lived in Rock Hill. He's living in Rock Hill and he was working in Rock Hill. So he was not at the house at this time. Now, on the day of the 7th, Alex was busy taking care of his parents. His father actually recently passed away from cancer just about a week after all of this happened. So he was busy visiting his father in the hospital. And then after spending some time there, he then went to his mother's house to check on his mother before returning home. Alex arrived back to his house at about 10 o'clock p.m., and when he pulled up, he discovered the bodies of his son, Paul, and wife, Maggie, laying dead in the backyard of his property. Both Paul and Maggie had appeared to have been shot, and neither one of them was breathing. Now, Alex made the 911 call at 10.07 p.m., On the 911 call, he explains that he had gone out for the day. He just came home. Neither his wife nor his son were breathing. They had both been shot. He's obviously very distressed on this 911 call. He's hysterical. He continuously asks the authorities to hurry up and to get there quicker. He also tells the 911 operator that no one else was supposed to be at the house that day. They weren't expecting any guests or visitors or anything like that. And what's interesting is that Paul and Maggie's body were actually found a quarter mile mile away from where their actual house is. The bodies were found near the dog kennels that the family had, which was quite a bit a ways away from the house. It was again, a quarter mile, but you have to remember this is a almost 2000 acre property. The paramedics arrived on the scene about 10 minutes after the 911 call was made. And after that, the autopsy report revealed that Paul had died from two gunshot wounds, one to the chest and one to the head. And it also showed that Maggie died from multiple multiple gunshot wounds from a semi-automatic rifle. The medical examiner also concluded that the shooting happened anywhere from 9 p.m. to 9.30 p.m., so just almost less than an hour before Alex got home. Now, from the very beginning, which I don't think anyone will be surprised about, Alex was looked at as a possible person of interest. Not only in murder cases do you look at the people closest to the victims, but Alex was the one who found their bodies, and his DNA was all over them because because when he found them, he was trying to check if they were breathing. So he was touching them, therefore transferring his DNA. Buster, their other son, was also questioned and the authorities thought it was possible that he could have had something to do with it. But again, he was living two and a half hours away in Rock Hill. So there really was no way he could have done this. Now, the following day on June 8th, the news of this double homicide was everywhere. And interestingly enough, police said that there was no threat to the public after this, meaning that whoever did this was specifically targeting the Murdoch family. On June 25th, 2021, there was a reward put out for this for $100,000 to anyone that could give any information as to who was responsible for this. And to this day, there is still no suspect, no person of interest that has been named public. So now this harbors the question of who would want to hurt the Murdoch family? Who would want to hurt Paul and Maggie? And unfortunately, this question does have multiple plausible answers. Now, this brings us to February 4th, 2019. So a little over two years before the murders. And on this particular night, Paul and about five of his friends went 
on his dad's boat. This was a 17-foot boat called Sea Hunt, and on the early morning hours of the 24th, there was a boat crash that led to the death of 19-year-old Mallory Beach. Now, Mallory was one of the five passengers on the boat with Paul at the time, and the other passengers included Mallory's boyfriend, a man named Anthony Cook, as well as Anthony's brother, Connor Cook, and about two other friends of theirs. Nine hours before the crash, Paul allegedly used Buster's fake ID to buy alcohol at the local convenience store called Parker's. Paul and his friends went boating on Paris Island, and the crash caused Mallory to be flung out of the boat and her body was found a week later. Now, after the crash, when authorities arrived on the scene, Anthony said that Paul had a very condescending attitude about the whole thing. Knowing that Mallory was missing, no one knew where she was. They knew wherever she was, it wasn't good because they hadn't found her at that point. But Anthony said that Paul was sitting there almost smiling and laughing through the whole situation. And Anthony said he got super pissed and he started yelling at Paul saying, Mallory, my girlfriend, she's gone. You think this is funny? He was cursing at him. He was obviously very very livid at this whole situation because according to Anthony, Paul was driving the boat and Paul was intoxicated. Anthony said that he had asked Paul multiple times. He even said that he begged Paul to let Anthony drive the boat. However, Paul refused. Now, a lot of people believe that Paul got special treatment when it came to the investigation of this crash because he, for all things considered, was the cause of the crash because he was driving a boat under the influence. Now, when authorities arrived on the scene, Alex, who was Paul's father, would not let authorities interview Paul right away. Alex didn't want Paul talking to the police. And along with that, Paul wasn't even given a field sobriety test either. Now, another reason people believe Paul got special treatment is because there has recently been dashboard camera footage released, and on this footage, it shows a police officer named Austin Pitcher talking to Anthony Cook. And on this recording, Anthony clearly states that Paul was the one driving the boat when Officer Pitcher had asked him that question. He very, very clearly said that Paul was the one driving the boat. However, Officer Pitcher never documented in his report that Paul was the one driving the boat. And when he was then asked later why he never documented that in his report, he just didn't know. He had no answer for why he did that. And not only did he not document it in his report, Officer Pitcher told someone else that he believed that a totally different person was driving the boat, that a different passenger was the one driving. Now, two months following the boating crash, Paul was charged with one count of felony boating under the influence causing death and two counts of boating under the influence causing death injury and it was released that Paul's blood alcohol level at the time was three times over the legal limit. Now Paul pled not guilty to all of the charges against him and he was awaiting trial at the time of his death. Mallory's mother Renee was also filing a wrongful death lawsuit against the entire Murdoch family including Alex's father Randolph Murdoch III, as well as the Parker's convenience store that supplied Paul with the alcohol. And she basically stated that Alex and Randolph allegedly prevented investigators from doing their jobs and questioning the survivors of the crash. Now, there are a lot of people that believe that Paul was getting too special of treatment. And because of that, he was never going to be held accountable for his actions due to his family ties to the legal system. So that was the 2019 tragedy 
but now we go back even further to the year 2015, and this is when a 19-year-old boy named Stephen Smith was found dead in Hampton, South Carolina. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. All right, you guys, welcome back. Now, this one is a little bit more complicated because even though the Murdoch family name has been brought up in this investigation multiple times, there's never been, or at least it hasn't been released to the public, any information that directly links the Murdoch family to this death. Stephen's body was found in July 2015 in the middle of Hampton County in a roadway with his head bashed in. Now, when his body was found, authorities chalked this up to being a hit and run. And we really have no information about the circumstances leading up to Stephen's death on the night that he died. We really don't know what happened. There are some speculations out there about him having been seen in a group of people who could have possibly done it, but that really is all we know. Now, the reason that the Murdoch family is brought up in this investigation to begin with is because it is believed that Buster, the Murdoch's eldest son, could have had something to do with Stephen's death. Now, people who have heard that rumor have said that they haven't really heard anything to back it up. Again, there's no evidence to directly link Buster. However, everyone that has heard this rumor has just said, yeah, that's what happened. Everyone says that Buster did it. We don't know why Buster did it. We don't know how Buster did it or what information is out there that would make anyone believe that Buster did this. However, Buster did it. Now, three weeks after the death of Paul and Maggie, Stephen's case was reopened. They were going to be reopening Stephen's case based off of the information that they had received during their investigation of Paul and Maggie's double homicide. So whatever information that authorities were given during their investigation of Paul and Maggie's murders, that was enough for them to believe that they needed to reopen Stephen Smith's case. What we do know is that at the crime scene of where Stephen was found, there was no vehicle debris. There were no skid marks on the road or injuries consistent of someone who was struck by a vehicle. Along with that, when Stephen's body was found, he was wearing loosely tied shoes, and investigators believe that if he had been hit by a car, his shoes would have fallen off. Now, this one is a tough one because, again, we don't have any direct evidence to link the Mardo family to Stephen's death. However, authorities believe believe strongly enough that there could be a link to it that they are now looking back into Stephen's case. And there is actually an investigator who said a very interesting quote regarding the reopening of Stephen's case. He said, quote, regardless of whether you liked Stephen or agreed with his lifestyle, somebody killed him and his story deserves to be told. And I am trying to get to the bottom of it. And I don't care where that leads or what your last name is. Now, this quote came from Trooper Proctor who said, quote, my office is around Charleston. I don't work around Hampton. And I know the Murdoch's are highfalutin around Hampton and people say they have a lot of power or whatever, but that name doesn't mean anything to me, 
end quote. And when he is referring to Stephen's lifestyle, Stephen was gay, and that is the lifestyle that he is referring to, just so you have all of the context. Now, here is another very odd incident that happened inside of the Murdoch family home. And this is a very mysterious tragedy because in February of 2018, the Murdoch's 57-year-old nanny tripped and fell while working in their home one day, and she actually died. And Alex Murdoch paid $500,000 in a wrongful death lawsuit. So that is just another example of a very mysterious and unexplainable death that was linked to the Murdoch. Now, the latest update that we have on this case is that as of August 12th, 2021, so just a couple days ago, South Carolina's attorney general has formally dropped the charges against Paul. Paul's charges were dropped as a formality considering that Paul died before his case went to trial. Now, as you can imagine, this has made Mallory's mother as well as Mallory's boyfriend and everyone that really knew Mallory very, very enraged because in their mind, this is another example of Paul basically not being held to any consequence for his actions. However, again, considering the circumstances, there really isn't any way that he could be held accountable for his actions. Now, when it comes to the double homicide, when it comes to Maggie and Paul, it is hard to really form a lot of theories on what exactly went down that night because we don't have a lot of details as to what Maggie and Paul's night. We don't know why their bodies were found outside. Were they coming home from somewhere and someone was waiting for them and that's why they were shot outside? If that's the case, did someone follow them? Was someone watching them while they weren't at their home? Did someone follow them home and then shoot them? Were they outside because they were taking their dogs to the kennels and this was just their nightly routine? Again, they were found a quarter mile away from their home right next to the dog kennels. So were they just going to let their dogs out and someone met them out there. I personally think that the two of them had to already have been outside. I don't see it being very likely that someone lured them outside of their house because this was their hunting property that was stocked full of guns. And I think that if someone had come up to their house, they would have gotten their guns and fought back essentially. And again, you have to remember this property is sitting on 2000 acres. So there is no neighbor. There is not anyone that could have possibly seen or heard what happened that night. However, my question here is that with this being such a large property and with this being such an affluent family, you would think there would be some sort of security system set up in this home, whether that was security cameras or a gate or a gate code or something. And nowhere in my research was there ever any mention of a security system, which I just find interesting. And with this town being as tight-knit as it is and with everyone knowing who the Murdoch family is, I do think there are multiple people who know exactly what happened. And you would have to be naive to believe that only the person responsible or people responsible knows about this. I think more than likely there is more than one person responsible for this. Now, looking online and looking at people's reaction to Paul and Maggie's death, it's been very interesting because a lot of people basically think that this was Paul's justice, that Paul dying was the eye for an eye that he deserved because of Mallory's death. Now, however you want to spin it, Paul 1000% should have been held accountable for his actions and faced consequences for Mallory's death. I don't think that that's, I don't think anyone is questioning that. However, to go as far as saying that his family deserved this and, you know, karma's a bitch and that whole route, I personally think 
that it's just distasteful. I don't think anyone deserves to have their family shot and killed. I don't think Mallory deserved to die, but I also don't think that Paul and Maggie deserve to die. I think Alex was trying to do what he could to protect his son. And I think that given the opportunity, a lot of parents would have done the same thing. Now, does it make it right? No, it does not make it right. And maybe that is a very unpopular opinion. I feel like it will be. And I'm not saying that this family isn't corrupt and hasn't used their name for leverage and hasn't used their name and their power to beat the system. I think that they have done all of those things. And I think that that is terrible. But to go as far as saying that this was an eye for an eye and this was deserved, I don't agree with that. I don't think that Maggie deserved to die. I don't think that Paul deserved to die. And I don't think that Alex deserved to come home and see his wife and child shot in their backyard. Now, personally, my belief in this is I think that whoever is responsible for this was someone who was connected to Mallory Beach. I think that whoever did this thought that Paul was not going to face any consequences. He was not going to be held accountable or they thought the process was taking too long. But I do think that this was their eye for an eye mindset. I think that that's what they thought. I think that this was someone who thought that they needed to take matters into their own hands because they didn't trust the justice system to do that for them. I don't believe that this was a random attack. And I think that we can easily rule that part out. And I think police easily ruled that out from the very beginning after telling the public that this was not something that they needed to be concerned about and that they weren't in any danger. I think this was very strategic and I think that this was planned. And I think that Paul was the primary target. And I think Maggie, unfortunately, was caught in the crossfire of that. I will say a second theory that I do believe could possibly be true is if this was someone who was out to get Alex Murdoch. I think that it's very possible being the man of power that he is in that town, his family being prosecutors for 85 plus years, I think it's very possible that over the course of that time, he could have made someone very mad along the way and someone decided to get revenge on Alex by shooting his son and wife. To me, that theory makes sense when we think of why did Maggie die? If someone wanted to hurt Alex, they're going to take away the people closest to him, which were his wife and his sons and Buster wasn't there that day. So I also think that that is a very big possibility. And I think police should look into the cases that Alex has done. You know, the brothers of Alex Murdoch have said that they don't believe that their brother has any enemies and that, that their family has any enemies. But I don't believe that. I think that that's very naive to believe, um, considering their line of work and considering, you know, Paul's history and Buster's history. I think that this family does have a lot of enemies. And that's not something that we see very often in crime cases. We always sit here and we say, these people were so great. And and they lit up a room and their smile was so bright and no one had a bad thing to say about them. But that's not the case here. A lot of people have a lot of bad things to say about the Murdaws. And it's going to be very interesting as we follow this case to see which way this ends up going. Was this someone who was connected to Mallory Beach or was this someone who was going after Alex Murdoch? To me, those are the two most plausible options, but let me know what you guys think. All right, you guys, that is going to be all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. Again, if you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I am your host of Killer Instinct. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly here every Wednesday and you are not going to want to miss it. I'll see you guys next week with a brand new case and until then, stay safe, guys.